Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of The Dynasty Drive. I appreciate all of the support, as always. Probably have a little bit shorter of an episode today. You know, we're right in the in the midst of the NFL season, lots of stuff going on. I do have one particular guy that I want to talk about a little bit. We'll get to him in just one second, and then at the end of the show, We'll have the audio recording from when me and Pete Trainer went live at halftime of the Tampa Bay Bucks and Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday Night Football this week. Pete giving all of his picks. Before we get into any of that stuff, if you're new here, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, I appreciate you checking us out. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. You can like the show or follow the show on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive, like the show on Facebook. Uh, and you can check out any of my written content over at si.com forward slash NFL forward slash draft. Been doing a weekly Devi recap for if you play in Devi leagues, if you're thinking about getting in Devi leagues, if you just want to have, you know, an early finger to the pulse on some potential rookies for next year in your dynasty drafts, or, you know, you're just maybe more casual about college football, looking for some more stuff to kind of uh, peak your knowledge on. You can check all that out over there. And also, I'll have a piece coming out shortly over there about the guy that I do want to talk about today. So before we give away, and not give away, it'll be in the title, but before we get into him, the position um, that I really, really love to build my teams around in Dynasty is the wide receiver position. And of course, you know, taking super flex into account, you want strong quarterbacks. I get it. I get that strong running backs, you know, can put you put you over the top, but from a foundational standpoint, I want to build my team around the wide receiver position for the longevity of the position and uh, for the the sheer upside. Like the, the thought to me of having multiple young high-level wide receivers is always very, very appealing because the shelf life is so much longer than it is with running backs. So I want to build from sort of the outside in where I have those wide receivers that I feel good about for the long haul. And then if my team is really close to contending, maybe gauge the trade market if I don't have the strongest running backs to kind of fill out that roster if I'm pretty good every place else. So I have a piece coming out shortly over at NFL Draft Bible. So again, that's si.com forward slash NFL forward slash draft about a player that I think has kind of shown or grown into being one of the premier options really at his position, but isn't valued as such. Uh, And the value will catch up eventually, but I still think right now is a little bit of a buy window despite is super, super hot start. Uh, And that's Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Hollywood Brown. So Hollywood Brown, I think, is somebody that has kind of been undervalued or really kind of overthought, really even since going back to rookie year. Somebody that kind of fell down draft boards in rookie drafts uh, after he got selected in the first round of that draft for the Ravens. He slid really out of round one in a lot of drafts. He went early round two, mid round two in some places. And, you know, the production, it's been hit or miss. It's been streaky. You know, his rookie season 2019, he appeared in 14 games, had 71 targets, 46 catches for 584 yards. Seven touchdowns, though, so you like that. Last year, 2020, appeared in 16 games, had 100 targets, 58 catches, 769 yards, and one more touchdown. So he's got eight touchdowns. So at this point of the year, The crazy thing to me, and it's getting talked about a little bit, but almost not as much as you'd really even think about, through this point of the season, so we've been through five games, and PPR formats, he's wide receiver six. And also, it's not like it's a matter of he's wide receiver six, 
just based on like efficiency. He's wide receiver six on an offense that through five weeks is sixth in the NFL in passing yards per game. So if you were drafting Hollywood Brown in startups uh, back in summer, you know, late spring, early summer, in June, this is per DLF, their ADP data, uh, back in June in startups, he was coming off the board as the wide receiver 52, right? So if you drafted Hollywood then, obviously you're super, super excited. The pace that Hollywood Brown is on right now is set to shatter the marks from a year ago, right? His career highs. So, uh, and he would be on pace to shatter them even if there wasn't an extra game this year. So if it was still a 16 game season, he'd still be on pace to shatter those bests. But with the 17 games this year, he's on pace for 129 targets, 95 catches, 1500 yards and 17 touchdowns. So of course that won't be the finishing stat line, right? There'll be some regression in some of those numbers, especially in touchdowns. Like he's not going to average a touchdown a game over the course of the season. I get it. But to me, there's no reason to believe that Hollywood Brown can't continue as the Ravens top option as a pass catcher. Um, He's tied for team lead in targets with Mark Andrews. They both have 38 targets through five games. And I, I don't see any reason why that's going to change. I think the passing game will continue to run through these guys. The common points that you hear thrown around uh, with Hollywood is that, you know, he'll lose work with uh, Rashad Bateman coming back. And full disclosure, I was not the biggest Rashad Bateman guy pre-draft. I think he's a fine player, but I was not as high on him as some people, uh, especially like in the analytics community. And I'm not poo-pooing analytics or anything like that. Just that Rashad Bateman wasn't my favorite prospect. There was a lot of players I liked better than him. I think he's fine. I didn't think he was anything out of this world or otherworldly. He's not somebody to me that scares me off of Hollywood Brown or scares me off Hollywood Brown shares because I don't see any reason why these two players can't coexist with one another. It seems a lot more likely to me that Rashad Bateman comes in and takes some of that work that Sammy Watkins has seen, uh, especially if Sammy does miss some time with uh, he's got the hamstring injury going on currently so uh, to me i think it's a more likely scenario that bateman takes some of that work works the intermediate and the underneath areas of the field while hollywood continues to kind of be that real premier downfield threat and the numbers behind hollywood are that they're they're awesome honestly they really are he's ninth in the league in completed air yards He's ninth in the league in deep targets. He's 12th in the league in red zone targets. He's second in the league in total touchdowns. He's 11th in the league in yards after catch. Uh, he's he's balling out. He really, really is. He's seventh in the league in yards per target. So everything that you would like to see is there, right? The numbers back it up. Um, to me, when you're looking at those numbers, it's hard to find a place where he doesn't continue to thrive even with Rashad Bateman coming in. The fact that he is as good as he is as a deep threat, it's fine on its own. But uh, combined with the fact that he's being targeted and used in the red zone, maybe that drops a little bit when Rashad Bateman comes back. But being 12th in the NFL in red zone targets on you know while being a, a smaller guy is really, really encouraging to me. The biggest thing for me across the board of why Hollywood's still a guy that I'm in on and going to get right now, right? Because you're not going to get him at that wide receiver 52 price like you were paying in the offseason. But I don't think the cost is 
where it is on some of these other young wide receivers. So I was messing around on Dynasty Trade Calculator, and uh, I know, you know, Trade Calculator's not the not the uh, the gospel, right? The be all end all, but you know, face facts. Like other people in your leagues, not every league is a league filled with people who are on Twitter a hundred percent of the time. I'm guilty of being somebody on Twitter way too much, <laughs> but not everybody playing fantasy football lurks Twitter, reads Twitter, you know, is caught up on all the hype. The facts are there are people in leagues, in your leagues, that are at least glancing at trade calculators, right? So messing around on Dynasty Trade Calculator, which is one of the ones I prefer out there if I'm going to look at a trade calculator, the value between Hollywood Brown and a late round first in 2022 is comparable. Hollywood edges it out a little bit, but it's close. If you have a roster that's ready to contend for a championship right now, but still could use a little bit of a, a youth infusion. Hollywood to me is the perfect target. He's young. He's still ascending. He looks to have settled into that lead receiver role. Like he looks confident. He looks more sure of himself. So to me, the numbers back up what I see, right? Because when I'm watching him right now, I see a player that looks more confident, that looks more explosive, that looks more sure of himself out on the field. And all the metrics that we just went over from player profiler kind of back that up to me. So he settled into his own role on an offense with an MVP caliber young quarterback, right? Lamar Jackson, who himself looks to have kind of taken a little bit of that next step as a passer, right? We know how great Lamar is as a runner, but it looks like he's really kind of moving up or uh, taking that next step in the passing game as well. So Hollywood Brown is a buy to me right now, whether it's for a first next year, I'm a team that's ready to win. If I want to trade my late first, fine. Ideally for me, I would love if I could package, you know, a, a second round pick with an aging guy like Adam Thielen uh, or something like that. If I could package Adam Thielen in a second or, you know, a collection of younger picks or a uh, young, excuse me, a collection of later picks, that's ideal to me because Hollywood just turned 24 this past season or I'm sorry, this past summer uh, in June, I believe. So he's just entering his prime. There should be a lot of good years left for Hollywood Brown and somebody that is still a target to me. The value now, I, we can't get too hung up on, sure, you're not going to get the value what it was during the offseason. And there will, of course, be people that say sell high now, right? That's the game that we're playing. You want to cash out when you can. But sometimes it makes more sense to have good players, right? And Hollywood Brown, to me, is somebody that looks like an ascending young player who is starting to figure it out who, while maybe you're not going to go acquire him right now for wide receiver 52 price like you could have in startups in, in the month of June, I think it's somebody that if you trade a late first in 2022 for Hollywood now, you might be looking back at that a year from now and being pretty satisfied or figuring uh, it to be a pretty good steal. So Hollywood's a buy for me, a guy that I'm really trying to trade for as many shares as I can. I love what I see from him. And uh, that's that. I just wanted to get that off my chest, say my piece about Hollywood Brown. I realized over the last week and a half or so how strongly I felt about him that I needed to put pen to paper or I guess, uh, you know, words to digital screen and write a piece on him and say some spoken word uh, about him here on the podcast as well. So that'll be that. Um, all that being said, let's hop into the picks that Pete gave us at halftime of the Tampa Bay Bucks and Philadelphia Eagles game. And uh, we'll be back after that. All right, we are back after you know a couple of 
scheduling and having to move stuff around at halftime of the Thursday night football game. Joined by Peter Trainer. Pete, what is happening tonight, my friend? Oh, well. Jason Garrett here still. Uh, <laughs> I had five plays last week thinking, you know, I won't break even, right? But no, I pushed. So we got two, two, and one last week. <laughs> So now I got six this week. We're just going to keep up in it every week until, <laughs> <laughs> until it changes. All right, well, we'll get right into it since we've got six different games to get into. Uh, we're not going to waste any time with props tonight since we have the two extra games. Let's get right into it. First up, Miami at Jacksonville in foggy London town. How do you feel about this one kicking off the, the Sunday, the early game? Anthony, I don't know if you can hear that. The dogs are barking today. The dogs are barking on Sunday. <laughs> I love it. Listen, the 0-5 Jags, they go to face the 1-4 Dolphins. I don't know why the NFL, if you're trying to expand your fan base, why you keep sending these teams to the to the London games. It doesn't seem right, but I power rank these teams about two points apart. Uh, I don't know. Did they figure out two is going to play or not? Um, but uh, even, I'm not sure. Yeah, even if he does start, I don't know if this is the game I'd want to start him traveling overseas. Um, Tunsil's out. I do like the Dolphins matchup versus the Jags defense, but uh, I, I, I don't. I don't like. I said with the travel to his plan, it's a little funky. I'm worried about the Jags, you know, completely being out on Urban and not wanting to play for him. But you know, these are pros, man. They're looking to put out some good tape. You know, they're not going to totally give up. I like what I've been seeing with the Jags offense lately. They're getting a little bit better. I'm going to take the Jags and the points. Uh, Jags plus three with a final score of 25 to 26. Jags, slight upset. Oh, I hate this game. <laughs> I hate like everything about this game. I hate Urban Meyer and the Jags. I hate how gross Miami looks. I hate that it's the early game and like I feel like something crazy always happens in that London game. <sighs> I don't know. Like uh, I guess I like the. Jags plus three, but I don't feel great about it. No, no, um, no, no. no. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. But yeah, I, I think I lean that way. Miami just isn't doing enough compelling me to swing their way, especially uh, if it's another week of Jacoby Brissett. So yeah, and, and if the Jags will... are gonna sneak out a win, I think this this could be this could be the time, you know. This is their yeah. home their home crowd, right? <laughs> <Sort of. laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Makes sense. All right, next up we have the Packers at the Bears. What are we thinking here? That I'm a lunatic, but this is a numbers play, <laughs> all right? This is a numbers play. I, the Packers are obviously the better team, right? Um, but Chicago, they're quietly, they've been a top five defense in terms of points per game. Um, they have the better red zone scoring offense in terms of percentage. And Green Bay, we were talking about this earlier, Green Bay has given up points on 100% of their red zone uh, on defense and 100% of their red zone drives. Not great. Um, not great. <laughs> you know, they're, they're down some cornerbacks. If Justin Fields, he can get anything going, you know, just a little consistency. I think the defense should be able to slow down Rodgers a bit. I think Akeem Hicks is out or hurt. He might be out. But I think they can keep this close. And actually, I'm predicting this is an upset here. I'm, gonna, I'm taking Chicago in the points. It's five and a half. Uh, final score, 22 Bears, uh, Packers 20. My concerns in this one are uh, Matt Nagy, namely. Like I, <laughs> uh, he he worries me because 
I love Fields as a prospect, and he just can do things that Andy Dalton can't do. But I worry that Matt Nagy and that offense won't let him do those things. And without David Montgomery, it seems like likely without Damian Williams. And I like Khalil Herbert. Like I like Khalil Herbert as a sleeper kind of guy uh, late in rookie drafts this year. But with leaning on Khalil Herbert, and I don't really trust the Bears to let Fields open it up enough. Uh, I just don't think they'll be able to outscore the Packers. I like the Packers in this one. Uh, I like them to win. I like them to cover. Yeah, that that's the thing. You know, you got to hope that they have, they're smart enough to realize Packers are you know weak passing in terms of passing defense. Let's attack that. But Matt Nagy, so Matt Nagy, exactly. What more can yeah. I say? Yeah. All right, next up we've got Chargers Ravens. This is going to be a fun game. Oh, this, it's might be the game I'm most excited for, honestly. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a good one. Um, yeah, we got two teams. They're coming off absolute thrillers, right? Um, they both earned late wins and some heroic quarterback play. Um, I'm going to keep it simple. I think both teams are going to score early and they're going to score often. Um, the Ravens' defense is uh, they're they're good. I think they're top half, but they're not the Ravens, you know. And, you know, I think they're more trading on their name value as a, they're slightly above middle of the pack. They both teams, they give up over 20, uh, 27 points per game. Last one with the ball wins. I'm taking the over 51 and a half uh, Chargers, 27 Rage, uh, Ravens, 26. Yeah, this one will be fun. I think this one, it just, it screams shootout. I agree. Last one with the ball wins. Two exciting offenses. Um, Herbert's winging the ball all over the place. We talked earlier, bro, earlier about how Wink Martindale said he could throw a strawberry through a battleship. So we're going to see if uh, we're going to see if he could throw that strawberry through that battleship this week. But yeah, I think um, I agree that Baltimore are, is getting by on a little bit of name value with the defense. I don't think the defense is as good as you know some people are making it out to be. I don't think they're terrible, no. uh, but I think there's going to be plenty of room for both of these offenses. And I would side with the over on this one as well. I, I hope we get the shootout that we're all expecting. Yeah. All right, Rams Giants. <laughs> so the, again, the Mike Glennon game. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anthony, come on. Why do you got to do that? To <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is a pro dimes podcast. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what are we like in um, Rams Giants? Listen, I'm, I'm I'm a Giants fan, obviously, but I just think ten points. It's a little bit too much for a West Coast team traveling east, playing the early games. Um, let's not get crazy here. The Giants, they're, they're not as good as the Rams. Um, they, and they typically underperform at home. Uh, and I would be looking to buy out of this if Daniel Jones is not playing. So if Daniel Jones is not playing, I do not like the plus 10. You know, that's – let me put that out there. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? If, if I'm the Giants, the game plan's got to be, listen, I don't want Daniel Jones, you know, running the ball unless it's, you know, to get out. He's getting out of a sack. And I don't want uh, to hand the ball off to, you know, not Saquon Barkley. So I would be throwing the ball quick, getting it out to, you know, Shepard, Tony. And I think they can keep the game within striking distance. I have the Giants ranked about eight points less than the Rams. So I see a slight edge on the Giants plus 10. The Rams have a soft schedule coming up where they host the Lions, they're at the Texans, and then they host the Titans. They might be on a bit of cruise control. Uh, and I, I think the Giants can be a little lively on offense, so I score this 
Rams 28, Giants 20. I like Giants plus 10 if it's Daniel Jones as well. You know, it, it all goes out the window if it's Glennon, but it looks like Jones Absolutely. will play. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the Rams are a fun, exciting team, a fun, exciting offense, and you know, they have a good defense. But uh, I think the Giants can do enough even even to rally late to, to cover that 10. I think 10 points is a lot of points. So He's a, a pro, yeah. Yeah, 10 points is a lot of points, especially for pros. And I think if Daniel Jones is out there, uh, you know, hit hitting young Joka all over the place. Get to see Katarius Doney do some more of what he was doing in the open field last week. I think ten points is a lot. So as long as he's out there, I do like Giants plus ten. All right, Vikings at Panthers. What all are you right. thinking here? So the Vikings, they're coming off of a, a last minute kind of lucky, not lucky win, but a last minute win over the the winless blinds. While the Panthers, uh, they lose a game that they probably should have won against the Eagles. Sam Darnold kind of, you know, he kind of regressed to the the mean, you know. He's what he threw three picks, and I think there was one or two that were like really ugly and just unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna ride with the home dog on this one. I do think that Carolina has the pieces on defense to stop the Vikings or to stop what the Vikings should want to do, as in pass the ball with their two top tier receivers. Um, Cooks is coming back though, so you know Mike Zimmer just might, might want to run the ball fifty times. But I, I do think uh, I see it's a close game, and uh, but I'm going to take the Panthers money line. I'm going to I see the Panthers twenty four, Vikings twenty one. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting one uh, it because it, I think it a lot comes down to do you get Sam Darnold that you saw for those couple games early on in the season, or do you get Sam Darnold from a week ago? Um, if he looks like up in the air right now, but with whether or not you get Christian McCaffrey in this one, he didn't practice today on Thursday. I think he's been officially tagged as questionable coming into the game. Uh, I don't think doubtful. So I guess there's a chance he gets out there. It's going to be a close one. I, I like the Vikings to win the game. Uh, I think that they pull off the win against the Panthers here. So if we're talking money line, I'll take the Vikings. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, it's, I think it's at one anyway, so it's, it yeah. is like pretty much a toss up, you know? So yeah, um, it's, it's an even one. It's a, yeah. it's going to be a close game for sure. Last yeah. one that we have to get into um, with you on this one, uh, Arizona at Cleveland. What do you like here? All right. So these are two of the better teams in the league facing off. Um, they both have injuries that really kind of worry me, and the weather might not be great in Cleveland. I mostly worry about Kyler's throwing shoulder. Uh, this is exactly what happened to them last year. They started off hot. Kyler hurt his shoulder. They started losing games. Um, I think the Browns' defensive injuries do scare me a little bit more, though. Um, coming off a dra- absolutely gut-wrenching defeat against uh, the Chargers. Uh, and they, they're, they're staring at Thursday night football next week. Um, I think this is a close game. I think the Browns slightly underperform here and the Cardinals sneak out a win. Uh, I'm taking the hook. The Cardinals plus three and a half. Final score, 26-23 Cardinals. This is probably my second most anticipated game uh, behind the Chargers-Ravens game. I think this one's going to be fun. Um, I, I like Arizona in this one too. I think... I like Arizona to win the game. Honestly, I think that uh, this is a a big game going into them. I think they're a good team, and this 
could cement them as one of the great teams in the NFL right now. Uh, so I think they'll come in ready to go. Them getting points seals it for me. So I'm with you. Arizona plus three and a half on that one. Yeah, especially getting that that hook to three and a half. I could see yeah. this being the last, you know, last team wins and you know, maybe they, you know, Browns win by three. I could totally see, you know, the probability of that is probably, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's very high. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So that's Jacksonville plus three, Chicago plus five and a half, over 51 and a half in Chargers, Ravens, Giants plus 10, Carolina money line and Arizona plus three and a half, six winners. You're not going to be Jason Garrett next week. I can almost <laughs> guarantee it. We're getting into the second half of this game. So Perfect we'll timing, do it again man. next week. Pete, I appreciate you joining us as always. Thanks for having me again. Thanks again to Pete for joining me as always to give some of his picks at halftime of that Tampa Bay Philadelphia game. Hopefully we got a bunch of winners in there and hopefully uh, some people can make a little bit of money, right? And that's always a, a plus side here. So next week, all right, we've done, we did Hollywood today. We've done some recaps. We've done some guys to go out and buy. It's early. I don't care. It's October though. College football is running around and, you know, rolling on like crazy. Let's do early rookie preview show next week, huh? Let's do it. Let's talk about some guys that could declare next year or are likely to declare next year uh, and what the rookie class is shaping up to look like. And just, you know, talk about some favorites, maybe some more under the radar guys, some of the popular names. We'll get into a little bit of all of them. So again, thank you for listening to the show. As always, if you missed it, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. Follow Pete if you're a fan of checking out his picks. You can follow him on Twitter at Pietro Betts. And we'll be back next week with more picks and some rookie talk for 2022. Thanks, guys.